Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. All the time. God is good. Okay, y'all can do better than that. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. Amen. We're starting a series of sermons called Songs of Hope. Each Sunday we'll have a, a song. It is not I, but Christ in me is the song this week. And then a, a scripture around hope and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ who lives in hope who lives in hope. Um, In this particular passage, we see Jesus falling asleep. It's actually the only place in the Gospels where it records that Jesus slept. Isn't that interesting? The only place that Jesus slept. Um, It kind of got me thinking about sleeping, and I guess that the an infant probably sleeps better than any of us. If they're dry and their stomach is full, they'll sleep anywhere in any position, no matter what. Correct? I've had some church members like that during the sermon. But I want to tell you this morning, I've got my eyes on you. I don't preach with very many notes, so I'm watching you. Um, So if you're going to fall asleep, fall asleep with your eyes open. I I will tell you this, a couple other stories about sleeping. I had an organist when I was in seminary serving at Anna Methodist Church up north of McKinney. Lovely lady, tremendous musician. And the problem was she fell asleep during the sermon. Every Sunday. And so one of the church leaders that I trusted, that I knew I could speak to, I said to him, I said, you know, is it me? And he goes, oh, no. He smiled. He laughed. He said, she always falls asleep during the sermon. There's just something about the sermon that's like a lullaby for her. 
And so I thought, well, okay, you know. Well, one Sunday, it was probably about two months later, she fell asleep and fell on the keys of the organ. And the most obnoxious noise that you can possibly imagine comes through the speakers. She didn't fall asleep after that. <laughs> One more <clears throat> preacher had been working on this atheist in town. They, there was a coffee area, and a lot, of the, a lot of the folks gathered there for coffee, and he kept inviting this atheist, inviting him to church. Finally, the atheist shows up in church, and so the preacher took the opportunity just to hammer just a really, I mean, he looked at him the entire sermon. He preached on the, <clears throat> on the proof of, of the existence of God, upon the, the proof of Jesus Christ as Savior, upon the presence of the Holy Spirit working among us. Well, the next day, he was at the coffee shop, and there the atheist was, and he said, well, what do you think about the worship? And he said, I got to tell you, preacher, I had the worst night sleeping of my life last night. The preacher kind of, you know, feeling good about himself. And he thought, well... What it, was it the empirical proof of God? And the atheist said, no. He says, when I take a nap that that's long in the middle of the day, I don't sleep very well in the evening. <laughs> the problem is, in these days, many of us have trouble sleeping. My daughter used to call McKinney the bubble. You know, that we live in McKinney and it's kind of a bubble that we seem to be protected and isolated from the rest of the world's problems. But our bubble is getting smaller and smaller. Information is more readily available. And it seems like places like Ukraine and Korea and Iraq, Washington, D.C., anywhere else is just really right down the street. And the problems of our world creates anxiety. When will it come to McKinney? And, um, and then you add to that life's ordinary problems. We tend to be anxious. We need hope. We need reassurance. In the Gospel of Mark, we find Jesus and the disciples caught at sea during a terrible storm. The boat is filling with water. And the disciples feared for their life, and Jesus was fast asleep. Now, what we learn from this passage is that even though our world is tossing and turning, we can find peace. We can find hope. We can find confidence. We can even triumph when trouble comes. It is a lesson for all time. Now, the story itself is divided up into four parts. We've got Jesus, uh, he's been teaching for a while, and he says to his disciples, let's go across the sea to the other side. And we don't know exactly whether Jesus has got a plan for the other side or whether he needs a break from the crowds. Next is the crisis, the storm. The storm strikes. Next is the disciples' response. They panic. And then there is Jesus' response. He offers peace. And the storm and the winds are quiet. Peace, be still. And I got to tell you, there are times when I need to hear those words. You know, when I get in a hurry, when I get stressed, when I get anxious, if I could just hear the words of Jesus, just hear his voice, John, peace, 
be still. Peace, be still. Now, what's interesting about this passage is that the disciples are, they are experienced fishermen. Uh, They've faced storms before. This must have been either, uh, this must have been a very horrible storm for them to be as afraid as they were. Jesus has said, let's go to the other side. Whether he wanted to get away from the crowd or whether he uh, had, had a plan for the people on the other side of the, uh, on the, other side of the, uh, of the sea. And he falls asleep. Then comes the storm. And the disciples panic. Then comes the words from the disciples waking up the master. Don't you care that we might drown? And if, if we look at the Greek, it, more, it is better translated, Teacher, we could drown for all you care. I find myself sometimes wanting to say those words to God. God, don't you care? Don't you care about this? Don't you care about what's going on? Don't you, look at this situation, God. What, what, what's, what, I don't know, what's going on here? Don't you care? And Jesus wakes up and he says the words, Peace be still. Now, the story gives us a little bit of insight into Jesus. And, and really, that's kind of Mark's, Mark's purpose in this part of his gospel. First, we see the humanity of Jesus, that Jesus needed sleep. Okay? Just like Mark teaches us that Jesus needed to pray, to separate himself in order to pray. But he also tells us of the divinity and the power of Jesus as he quiets the storm. He has power over creation. And they had already seen Jesus' power over illness and healing and power over demonic forces and and exorcisms. Jesus has all power. Mark wants us to know that. Mark wants us to know that Jesus is of the divine. And of that divine, he has unlimited power. So, the disciples have seen Jesus. They've seen what he's done. And yet they're afraid. Who is this that the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this? I mean, what are they talking about? They've, they've, they've been following Jesus. They've been, they've been hearing his words. They've been watching what he's doing. Who is this? Have they not yet learned? And as I was reading that passage over and over again, who is this? Who is this? I thought about myself. <laughs> and I remember the times when I have questioned God in times of trouble and thought, oh, come on, Lord. Who are you? Who are you? And Jesus says, peace be still. Peace be still. I am the Lord of the universe. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am, <laughs> I am the one who brought you into this world and will receive you as you come out of this world. I am the Lord of life. So for the disciples, it's commitment time. Were they to believe 
or were they just to follow? They had seen Jesus as a great teacher. They had uh, they'd seen him helping people. They'd seen him making a difference. They had received his spiritual enlightenment. Is that why they were following Jesus? For what they could get out of it? Or were they following Jesus because he truly was the Lord of life? Because he truly was the Messiah? Because he truly was of God, of, of the divine? Because now they realize that he is more than just a great teacher. That he has authority. I think for us it's commitment time also. Many people across America, millions in fact, believe that Jesus is a savior. Yet when trouble comes, when trouble comes, we question our faith. We question God. We question our savior. And and, and I think we're kind of like the disciples. They followed Jesus when he was teaching. They followed Jesus when he was healing. They followed Jesus when, when he was popular. They followed Jesus when it was easy. But when the difficult times came, they questioned, who is this that the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this? Who is this? So how do we handle the storms? We have the creator of all life with us to navigate these turbulent times. We have the Lord of life that is, that is with us. And though we may be facing uncertain, stressful, anxious times, what the scriptures tell us is that God is already seven days at least ahead of us preparing the way for us. And no matter how things may look today, Today does not define tomorrow. So let me offer you just a couple of things that I think this passage is pushing us to. First, narrow our focus. Seek one thing. Narrow our focus. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be yours as well. The secret to this life is to seek one thing. I mean, we get bombarded daily, if not hourly. In fact, I was was just, between services, I was remembering a statistic that in 1850, the average person made something around 50 to 100 decisions a day. Okay? And I'm talking about simple decisions. You know, what, what shoes am I going to wear? What pants? Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what the average person, how many decisions they make today? Over 2,000. And that's on a slow day. We are bombarded. Narrow our focus. Seek one thing. And I think this is what Jesus is saying in this passage. And seek first the kingdom of God. It's about one thing, to keep our eyes on the Creator, to keep our eyes on the one who loves us, to keep our eyes on the one who will not let us go. And so, second, to focus on what we have. Um, Our culture tempts us on a daily basis to 
look at what everybody else has. <laughs> I was working with Bedstart yesterday. Um, we were delivering and picking up furniture, and I, we delivered some furniture to some pretty dire situations. And I didn't think at those points, boy, I wish I lived like this. But then we picked up furniture at a couple of really, really nice houses. I mean, a million plus houses. And I'm going, boy, I would love to live in a house like this. Focus on what we have. Not what our neighbors have. Not what whoever else has. Focus on what God has given to us and make the most of it in the moment. To live not for what we have, but for who we have. Often we are held captive by our situation. We are paralyzed by our circumstances. Again and again, the disciples showed their faith. They followed Jesus. But when the going got tough, they had trouble. Don't you care? Don't you care if we are drowning? They had forgotten, like we often forget, that faith in Christ moves beyond paralysis. That faith in Christ focuses on what God is doing. That faith sees circumstances as temporary. Do you hear that? As temporary. That faith looks to the unexpected good that God can bring. And faith proclaims that I am not a victim of my circumstances, but I am a follower of the creator of the universe. I will not be controlled by the storm. And then third, focus on making right choices. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, righteousness, depending on the context, can mean a couple of things. Uh, depending on the context of the New Testament, it can mean right relationship. Okay? To say the right, to be righteous with God is to be in a right relationship with God. And we receive that right relationship through our faith in Jesus Christ. And we are forgiven. We are, we are made new. We are, we are made, we are returned, excuse me, re- returned to the person that God created us to be in relationship with God. But it also can mean right choices. To make right choices. Now, in this context, it means divine approval. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his divine approval. Make the right choices, but make them not because we're trying to follow the rules, but because we're trying to please our our God, our Savior, the one who made us. We have the freedom to make the choices in this world and not to react to the next news report or the next rumor that we hear or the next emergency or crisis that is down the street. 
And that is not to say that we should not be about the business of involving ourselves in healing and restoring ways to the community, that we should not be involved in the community to be the presence of Jesus Christ. But it does mean that we are not to be paralyzed nor nor changed by their circumstances from what God has made us to be. We have the freedom to make the right choice. To hear the words of Jesus, peace, be still. When I narrow my focus on the things of God, I not only receive a fearless peace, it gives me the ability to focus on the possibilities, not the problem. Instead of fear, we can, comp- we can proclaim with awe, wow, wow, who is this that has control even over the winds and the waves? It is our Lord. It is our Savior. It is our partner. It is our companion. It is our presence. So what new possibilities is God providing today? Real quick, where do we start? Where do we start? And so I want you to wake up now. If you don't hear anything else, wake up. Where do we start? We start by getting back to the basics, to be in worship. And, and, and worship is more than just coming in to get something, okay? To be in worship is to come in to invest oneself in what God is doing, to invest oneself and to receive, yes, but also to give of ourselves, So that as we give together as a community of faith in this body, we multiply each other with our our worship. We lift each other up. We offer each other hope in our worship together. And then then to pray on a daily basis. And, and, And I'm not talking about rote prayer. I mean to be real with God. Even if you complain with God or 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 cry with God, to pray with God. With, with, like you would in a relationship to say, Lord, here I am and I lay before you what my life before you and I just ask, oh God, that you give me peace in this moment and maybe even sleep. And then third, to read the scriptures for direction and for wisdom. To be bold enough to work your way through, whether you need a Bible study or a group that's, that's holding you accountable to the reading of Scripture, or, or whether you can do it on your own. Worship, prayer, Scripture. Finally, we are people of relationships. To get back to the basics is to build those important relationships in our lives and maybe to rebuild them in one way or another. I I don't know where you are right now, but if I were to close my eyes and let God speak to me, there would be names that would come to me that I need to reach out to those persons to to heal that relationship. Maybe maybe they need help. Maybe they need care. Or maybe, maybe we just need to reconcile 
We are people of relationships. And I believe that God has called us as followers of Jesus Christ to be community, to be connected, to be, uh, uh, to be relationship builders. A uh, pastor that I was reading used the acronym France, F-R-A-N-C-E. And he said, this is where you start with the closest. With friends, F. Relationships, R. Acquaintances, A. Neighbors, N. Coworkers, C. And then with eyes wide open for others. To see as God sees. Now, what I'd like to do is to close with a prayer. And to go back to the song that the, that the group sang right before the sermon. And for us to just take a moment to meditate and to offer to God whatever's on our heart, whatever's on our soul, whatever it is that, that we're carrying. Because all of us, in one way or another, are dealing with fear and anxiety. We live in the gap of the unknown. There's disruption, if not in our lives, at least in our world. So let's take a moment as we close to pray. So I invite you just to close your eyes, put both feet on the floor. If you want to, open your hands. Picture Jesus in the boat. Picture Jesus with his hands wide open. Hear him say, peace be still. Release to him the circumstances of your life, the worries. Maybe it's a person or a situation, a job situation or a school situation. Hear Jesus say the words, peace be still. As I have quieted creation, so I will take your burdens and quiet your soul. Offer to Jesus in this moment the stress in your life. Name it. Name the worry. Name the stress. Name the pressure. Share them with Jesus. In your mind, reach out and place your hand on Jesus and hear his voice. Peace be with you. My peace I give you. And now pray the words that are on the screen. To this I hold. My hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Let's pray. Lord, Lord Jesus, I can't, but you can. Come help me and give me your peace. Give me your confidence. Give me your faith. I am ready for whatever comes in the days ahead. I am ready to focus on the ones I love, to focus on being strong for those who need me, to focus on what is good. Help me see the opportunity to be your force of love for those around me. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website 
mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.